parked off, riding a cool with the top off. I cannot fuck with no knockoff. I'm in the stool like a pop star. Damn it, I feel like an outlaw. You wanna talk with a bow dog? I'm in the room with the mouth loss. I'm in the room with the mouth loss. Let me deliver the Yo, welcome back to another episode of Big Facts. We've got a good special guest for us today, somebody that I've known for a while now, both alum of the same school, Georgia Southern, Woo Woo, Hell Southern. There's ah, been a lot of things going on in the sports industry. March Madness is back. Man, we've been waiting on this for over a year now. I mean, last year it got canceled. Weren't able to watch any March Madness, any upsets, any bracket busters, like it was crazy, but now we're back. Starts up on Thursday. We're ready for it. Hey, got my good guest, play-by-play announcer and Georgia Southern alum, Devin, Danny Wall. Yo, Danny, man, what's going on with you? What's going on? What's going on? We got to catch up a little bit before we started. Uh, crazy how we're on two separate, there's two separate coasts, man. Uh, being in, I'm still in Statesboro. I'm still in Southeast Georgia, working for the university, doing a lot of cool things, doing play-by-play. And you know, I think I think everyone's excited that March Madness is back. I mean, we all remember where we were at last year, where where things got canceled at the beginning. Or literally, I think I was at the Georgia Georgia Southern baseball game, the last game they did. Very next day, NBA canceled, Sun Belt Conference canceled. No conference tournaments or championships. No March Madness. They shut it all down. It was like a domino effect. So, like, people didn't get that those few that month where you get to watch all the college basketball games. There were some great teams, too. Expect hoping yeah. to win a championship. And it just – it's unfortunate how it happened, but I think we're all, we're all happy that it's back here for this year. Jeez, for sure, for sure. You know. You, you know, every year I make a bracket and I'm just like, yo – this is perfect. Like, there's no way it can go wrong. And then all of a sudden, after day one, bracket is finished. And I mean, I think that's one of the coolest things with, you know, March Madness is no one can really predict a perfect bracket. Like, it's one of the hardest things probably ever to cheat in mankind, honestly. Because didn't, uh, I want to say Warren Buffett had that million or billion dollar challenge for anyone that had the perfect bracket like, years ago, man. I tell you, I spent hours on hours trying to get the perfect bracket. Like, oh my God. And I still ended up just wiping out in the first one. Yeah, I, it's, it's so unique this year because along with this being a COVID season, so you have like different schools and different conferences playing less amount of games, trying to get any games in at all. I think the Ivy League didn't play their season at all. Uh, not like on top of that, Kentucky's not in tournament, Duke's not in tournament. Like this has been a, a unique year for actual programs with three to four year guys compared to the one and dones that we've seen in years past. Now that's kind of been wiped out, not only because of the COVID season, but you got freshmen that can just go straight to the G League and get experience there and then go to the draft or go play overseas. Mm-hmm. A lot of those one and done guys that we would have seen, you know, they're going to get this still get drafted, but like the teams or the guys with three to four year guys, the traditional programs being able to get through. Like everyone thinks the Zyber is going to win it all this year. Yeah. And that's a chance. And then no one is, you know, Illinois, Baylor also in the mix. Oklahoma State's got a good, got a good guy in Cape Cunningham. There, there's so many different teams that can step up this year and win it. Yeah, and like you said, you know, with the those blue blood blue blood programs that usually had those one and done guys, and it hasn't really worked out for them. You know, as you said, the Kentuckys, the Dukes. And I thought Arizona is usually one of those teams that have a few one and done guys, and then even Indiana didn't get into the uh, you know March Madness this year. And you know, I heard a lot of uh, experts they would talk about how it's because. You know, not having the same practice time as they usually do, not being able to adjust in the summer months like they usually do. It's kind of affected those types of programs and getting, you know, what they need to do, especially when the non-conference not being able to play together as much. So it hurt them in the long run and they just weren't able to bounce back. Um you know, but as you said, with teams, you know, with the Cade Cunninghams and Gonzaga with Jalen Suggs, you know, those guys, I feel like, you know, 
they're young guys, they're freshmen, but they also have that good core around them that's able to, you know, make those adjustments better and they kind of just fit into a system rather than actually being the system. Yeah. But, you, you, know, got, you got a couple of guys that are definitely leading the programs around, but, you know, those young guys that have a great group of core juniors and seniors around them, it does make it a lot easier for them to be able to succeed. We've seen a lot of that with, with different teams this year. And, like, and kind of like what you touched on, there's not as many non-conference games to start. The season started like three weeks later than it usually does after Thanksgiving. You can't have as practices like you want. You might get caught with like a COVID case or something early on. You have to shut down for two weeks. That halts things. A lot of difficult things that came, that went into this season that made it tough. So, you know, like, like no, no dude, no Kentucky, no other, Arizona as well, Indiana didn't get in. It, um, it does make for a unique tournament feel for, uh, for Mark Madness this year. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, when it comes to March Madness, I know you've been a play-by-play guy pretty much all season. Just uh, what are some of the, the good games that you've covered this season? So this was my second year doing CBS Sports, and this is my first year doing men's basketball for them. Normally, I do men's doing men's basketball for uh, Georgia Southern, and they used to play on Sunbelt. So I've done, I've done a lot of Sunbelt conference games this year with the team of Georgia Southern facing the East Division. So I, I knew at when they were in the Sunbelt Championship against Georgia State, I thought that they were at, they could pull it off because they beat Southern in one of the games I called in double overtime. They had to play back-to-back overtime games in the tournament just to get to the championship against Georgia State. And I was like, well, that's kind of like the March Madness story, right? So, like, I think I might be able to, to hang on and pull through. Lo and behold, they did. I think it's disrespectful that they ended up winning the Sun Belt, but get a 16 seed and the first-round playing game against Norfolk State. But um, – it was good to see App, App win uh, the Sun Belt. And then for CBS Sports, I've done mainly games out of the uh, Conference USA. So I've seen I did some games of Western Kentucky, uh, Louisiana Tech, uh, the game of Marshall, and then some Conference USA. So I got to do Drake's first game after they after they lost their first game of the year because they were undefeated about 20, about maybe 17. Yeah, for a while. They lost their first game of the year, and they had to bounce back against Northern Iowa. So I did Drake Northern Iowa. Um, I did a game with North, with Missouri State and Loyola Chicago. So everyone knows about Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean. <laughs> Sister Jean. I got them going for it again this year. They might be able to run it back. Uh, you know, Missouri State had – I can't remember the guys. Isaiah Mosley, who was like at the time the number two scorer in America, in all college basketball. And then I did an eight an eight ten game. I did um, Dayton at Rhode Island, so I got to do one of the as, as well. So I got to do some eight ten. I know San Bonaventure is in the first round against LSU. Uh, that's going to be an interesting first round game. But those are the main conferences, and then being able to kind of see the insight from different conferences around. Uh, around college hoops, the the is going to be one of the strongest favorites this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The upsets. One of the things that uh, Loyola was when they first, you know, made it and they got to the Elite Eight. I was actually at that game. You know, it was in Atlanta, and I and I and I went. It was what 2018. But yeah, I, I went to that game because I was just like, oh man, like I want to see them play because all the hype and stuff. So I was just like, okay, well, let me go ahead buy a ticket. Like it's in Atlanta, I'm already in Georgia, I might as well. And it was um, I don't remember who they faced that day. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pull it up really fast. Yeah, cause it. Oh man, I got I got a shirt and everything. And I just. <laughs> right, I can't think of who they faced. Um. I'm gonna get. They, so you got. You went to the Elite Eight and Final or in Final Four, or the Elite Eight matchup, or is we succeed? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the Elite Eight matchup. They they uh, they beat Kansas State. Ah, that's who it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird because, you know, obviously when a lot of teams make it that far, you don't really think that a, a Loyola Chicago and a Kansas State would be matched up that far. So it was weird because seeing, like, the different fans and, you know, the – I guess the – 
memorabilia type stuff and merchandise. It's just weird seeing that type of stuff, like those brands in that spot. We got to remember, that was the same tournament where UMBC upset number one Virginia in that region. So because of that, it opened up the door for everyone else to possibly come through. Kentucky went to the Sweet 16, lost to Kansas State. Uh, and, you know, on the other side, Cincinnati lost Nevada. So, then Loyola, along, you know, they beat so many good teams. Beat Miami, Tennessee, and then beat Nevada, and then K-State, to get to the Final Four. They had a tough, they had a tough run, run throughout the stretch. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because part of me is just like, well, damn. What if they make that same type of run? Now, I know that the only game I actually saw Loyola, uh, Loyola Chicago play was against Drake. And I want to say it was the second time they played each other. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're a good basketball team. Like, you know, and, and both teams, even though they're not in the best of conferences, when you think of just, like, you know, high standard, you know, big recruiting classes, they get all the brand names, but they play good solid basketball, and they're good at um, I, I feel like the thing about that game where they were just good at the, the shooting, it was all about shooting, is hey, if you can you know, get the efficiency going to where you can get transition baskets and be able to, you know, shots in the corner, I think it was just one of those things that they're a team that if you give them that chance, they could definitely hurt you. Absolutely, and that great senior class, Cameron Crutwig uh, I think an All-American at the end of the season, he's going to be a guy that can give a part of that uh, Final Four run as a freshman in 2018. So, you know, now experience, he's been there before, he knows what it takes to get back. I can really see, you'll see him talking about the brackets. I, I think Willow Chicago can go far. <sighs> Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see for sure. Now, you know, you know, you already filled out your bracket. What were just some of the big upsets that you kind of saw early on? Well, so I'll go through each region real fast. Uh, in the West region, which Gonzaga's, you know, the favorites, actually uh, out of that whole entire first round, I don't see any surprising upsets. I mean, I think Oklahoma's going to beat Missouri in the 8-9 Creighton that launch and take out, you know, UCSB. Uh, even though I think Wichita State or, Dr- or Drake can put up with Southern Cal, I think Southern Cal should be able to win that game. And I think VCU can give Oregon a run for the money, but I'm going Oregon. Kansas should make East work, Eastern Washington, Iowa, and Grand Canyon pretty simple. Now, in the East, I have some potential upsets. I do have Georgetown as a 12 Upstate Conference, <laughs> Pat Ewing. And I think that could be a 12 5 upset that we see. They'll probably face Florida, Florida State in the next round. I do have Florida State beating them in that second round. And mm. so I, I think Michigan State, I, you know, the, if you talk about the Blue Bloods that can't make it, now, the, some that did are going to have slim to none chances of getting through. But I think yeah. that you get Thomas, though, Michigan State in there. They beat UCLA in that first round. I, I got to beat BYU in the in that uh, that round of 64. Okay. Uh, UConn Maryland's going to be tough, but I do have UConn winning. Bama over Iona, no no issues there. In the South, the only really the only real upset I have, I think Virginia Tech can beat Florida in, in the 10-7. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, uh, you know, I know the SEC is a strong conference, but I think some of the ACC teams can still be able to beat them out. So, uh, you know, I've got VTech over Florida. Everybody else should be able to win. I, at first glance, I did pick Wisconsin to beat North Carolina, but I, I changed my mind. I think UNC can at least win one before they have to face Baylor in the round. Of- <laughs> <laughs> so, like that. So, that's all I gotta go right. and then, Okay, okay. And then the Midwest, the Midwest is pretty solid. I mean, straight through the higher seed wins every game. I think Illinois, you know, Little Chicago, I gotta beat Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech had, had a strong run late. I think Tennessee will beat Oregon State. OK State should be Liberty. Uh, San Diego State should be Syracuse. West Virginia, Moorhead State, over Moorhead State. Clemson will be Rutgers and Houston will be Cleveland So, like, one through eight in that division. It's pretty solid. So, like, I don't have many upsets in that first round, just a few. 
just a few. Okay, hey, we're, we're a little different on that one. I gotta tell you, but uh, hey, so you know, going starting off in the West, I actually had Missouri over Oklahoma. And the, and the reason why I did that one was just because I feel like Oklahoma down the stretch, they, you know, they lost some games and they just didn't look like the same team that played Kansas early on and, you know, and, and beat Texas. So I just, pardon me. And then Missouri, the way Missouri plays basketball, I feel like they're just a little underrated. So I had to go Missouri there. Um, then an upset. UCSB over Creighton. That's, uh, yeah, and the reason why I did that one was because, you know, they had that whole 12-5 curse, you could say, where somehow, somewhere, those 12 seeds upset the 5 seeds the most. Well, you know, Creighton, the past few games that they've had has not been that well, especially when they got blown out in their championship game. So I'm thinking that they'll be kind of, you know, down on that a little bit, and I think they could pull off the upset. Yeah, and then um, yeah, I think, you know, USC, they'll advance, Kansas will advance, have Oregon and Iowa advancing, so nothing too big after that, but... I guess, I guess I think Missouri, Missouri not in the twelve five ECS Santa Barbara. You got to have one of those. So I can see that one be that could be one of them for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so then the you other know, the East region now now this one uh, a little different as well. So yeah, I got Michigan going through, and I have LSU going through. I do have the same Georgetown over Colorado. I, I like Georgetown the way they went through their uh, Big East tournament and just the way they kind of came together and they really just made a run after starting off on day one to play. So I, I really liked how, you know, they played, so got to go with Georgetown. I think they'll make a little run. Uh, Florida State over UNC Greensboro. I, I got UCLA beating Michigan State. Okay. And then I have UCLA over BYU to get to the round of 32. So we both have we both have the 11 seed over BYU. Yeah, we both have the 11. <laughs> just, just a different 11 seed, but we both got the 11 seed. Okay. And then, um, you know, I have Maryland over UConn just because of the fact that Maryland played that Big Ten schedule. And I feel like it'll do them well in the um, in the tournament. And I just think that, you know, with them and UConn, it's so closely matched up. But I just feel like because they've had, you know, that run through the conference schedule, I think they can make it out of UConn. Then, um, you know, Alabama is too easy. Compared to the South, Baylor over Hartford is not even a hard choice. I do have North Carolina beating Wisconsin. Then I have uh, Villanova and Purdue getting through, Texas Tech and Arkansas getting through. I do have Virginia Tech over Florida. I I I love Florida, but at the same time, I know that they're based on Trey Man, and they go as Trey Man goes. So I feel like Virginia Tech, as long as they take away Trey Man from the equation, I think they'll beat Florida. I'm pretty sure that's what they're gonna do. Because honestly, that's kind of the blueprint that everybody's used. These last few games is take out Trey Man, take out the Gators. Um, you know, then I got a. I'm sorry, Loyola, but I'm picking Georgia Tech over you for the sole reason of you know Moses Wright. You know, he won off uh, ACC Player of the Year. He's a guy that I feel like in the tournament you need. You know, that one guy. And I think he can be that that guy. So I'm I'm gonna let you know them at least advance to the round of 32. I have uh, Oklahoma State and Tennessee going through. That's no problem. Syracuse over San Diego State. That's uh. It, it, now that one, that one. That was a gut decision. Not even gonna lie to you. That was a pure gut decision. And it was only because I know how bad Syracuse is on the road, but because it's a neutral side game, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, they'll probably, you know, 
<sighs> yeah, uh, they might prove me wrong. They might prove me right. But it's one of those brackets that is just like I'm just gonna go for. It. And then you know, Clemson and Houston to uh, finish out the Midwest region. All right. So we're, yeah. pretty, we're pretty close. We're pretty close on on that uh, for sure. You know, I, I think I think we. Uh, you know, I understand the ten seven can always be uh, back and forth, and then the 12-5, there's always one of them the 12-5. I, oh, yeah, I know with Georgetown, I think we both went with Georgetown. You know, the, the 11-6, I think whoever it is, Michigan State, UCLA, they're going to they're gonna take it out BYU. I think everyone would agree with that. The Maryland one is tough. I went back and forth with Maryland and UConn as well. I, I think UConn would just be able to hang on after the way they've been playing ball lately. I think they would be able to, to beat a tough Maryland a Maryland team. And, uh, you know, the rest of them, I, so I understand Georgia Tech. Look, Georgia Tech got a free pass to the <laughs> SEC championship. They did get a free pass, but. <laughs> they definitely deserve to be in tournament. But, like, I don't know. I, I gave the loyal Chicago being the Missouri Valley champions, having to be Jake Dragon championship. I, I got them. You'll, you'll see here in a second. I got them. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I was, see it. There's a lot of toss up games. So, you know, sure. these brackets can go either way. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the fun things about it. I know there's millions of people that make these brackets, and it's just so fun. Yes. Uh, the thing is, no, how many do you make? One or multiple? So I usually make one. I, I usually make two. I make one and then I have a backup one just in case. But it all ends up being the same. I don't have like a, <laughs> a pull off a miracle type type. You just have a complete wild card to get all the way all the way through. I, I I feel like you only make a second round if you want a chance to be your first round or second round matchups. I mean, other than that, it's all going to be the same towards the end. I got you. Yeah, to be honest, like, so I usually make two. Now I'll do one for who I feel like is going to win. And the second one is what my favorite team I want to win. So, you know, with the first one, you know, I got the Zags. I'm going to be real with you. I got the Zags. But, you know, my second one. You know, it's it's tough to say. I, I usually, in my second brackets, I usually either choose North Carolina or Florida. Those are my two basketball schools. So I'm just like, yep, yeah, those are the teams that I usually, you know, whichever one is better that year, that's who I usually Yeah, I, I usually, I usually you know, know North Carolina as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it this year. Yeah, you know, I can't, I can't put myself to put them in my actual bracket as one. Yeah, no, I, I, I got to be realistic with these brackets. You want to see them pull through? There's a strong chance that they're not, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So who you got going in your round of 32? Well, actually, you know, instead of round of 32, we'll just hop straight into the Sweet 16. You know, okay. who you got in the Sweet 16? All right. So going into the Sweet 16, uh, I, I got Zach. I got Gonzaga going in pretty easily. Getting so we're going. Are we doing the, the Sweet 16 matchups? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I got Gonzaga getting through. I see them being Oklahoma easily. I got Virginia, the defending champs from two years ago, getting to the Sweet 16 as well. So Gonzaga, Virginia is my first Sweet 16 matchup. Second one, I have Kansas and Iowa advancing to the top four in the West, being able to get in pretty easily. Same goes for the East. I got Michigan and okay. Florida State advancing. I think, you know, I think Georgetown can get through one, but then we get Florida State. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going Texas and okay. Alabama to get the Sweet 16 as well. So the top four seeds in that region. I think Texas, Texas and Michigan. Alabama. I think Texas will be Michigan State or UCLA will be out of gas by then. Uh, you know, Alabama, they've been playing incredibly great basketball in the SEC. I think they can be, they can at least be UConn. Um, in the South, I got Baylor and Villanova. I think, well, I got Baylor being North Carolina. Like I said, they weren't going to get that far out of my bracket. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can give them one, and they're going to barely, I think they'll barely beat Wisconsin in that very first one. Yeah. By the time they get Baylor, it'll be too late. Uh, but I do have Villanova beat Purdue. 
Yeah, I, I think that'll be a, a good a good matchup in the round of 32 where Villanova can win that. Uh, All right. I have uh, also Texas Tech beating Arkansas to get to the Sweet 16. So okay. Texas Tech. And then I got Ohio State beating Virginia Tech. So it'll be Texas Tech and Ohio State also advancing. So this is where my upsets come through. Loyola okay. Chicago over Illinois. Okay. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Huh? <laughs> in-state, in-state to Loyola, Illinois. Just two hours away from each other. Loyola Chicago has been here before. <laughs> Illinois has not. Okay, this is like the biggest, the best that I've seen Illinois play since like Darren Williams is out five. Okay. They have yeah, this is, hey, this is a big one right here. <laughs> well, I, I think this is where experience beats that. So, like, I have Loyal, I have Cameron Crutwing watching the kid play. He's a monster down low in the post. And he was there at the freshman. He wants to get there again. I think that magic comes back a little bit. So, I have him being Illinois. And, so, and then I have uh, Oklahoma State beating Tennessee to get them Sweet 16. I think OK State. We'll be able to win that one. That'll be a fun matchup. Uh, so I, I have San Diego State beating West Virginia to get to the Sweet 16. Oh. And then uh, Houston over Clemson. And Houston over Clemson. So, okay. I like that, bro. That's a fun bracket. Okay. My favorite team is Loyola Chicago to go all the way. That, that's the one. That's the <laughs> I don't think Illinois because of the negative Sweet 16. Yeah. So you had, so you had, you know, the top of the bracket. Yeah, mostly, you know, the the usual teams go through. But man, them upsets in the bottom. Yeah. Well, there's like there's always one. There's always one region. Yeah, for sure. So like, I don't think it's gonna be the region with Gonzaga or Michigan. I think Baylor gets in, but there's some surprises. Like Villanova has a five and Texas Tech has a six. They're both exciting programs. And, you know, there's always one number one seed that doesn't make it. And in this case, in in Loyola, Chicago, that's going to be a – that'll be a fun round of 32 game to watch. And I hope Loyola doesn't let me down. Hey, look, hey, they make it that far. Hey, you need to uh, have Sister Jean send you a care package. <laughs> like, I think that just adds more fuel to the fire. With her being able to attend these games as well, they're going to have their good luck charm at the at their games. And I think she was a big part of why that team went to the Final Four last year, and she'll be a big part of the why they get into the Final Four this year. Oh, now. Okay, I like it. I like it. So, you know, my Sweet 16 got the Zags in Virginia matching up in the West. I actually have USC beating Kansas okay. to get to the Sweet 16. And the only the reason why is because, you know, I think USC, they have uh, the Pac-12 player of the year and uh, Mobley, Evan Mobley. But the, the thing that Kansas has to not be able to practice practice and stuff because of COVID and they got in the Big 12 championship. I think it's going to hurt them. Not really in the first round matchup, but that second round matchup. I think USC will get it done because they'll just have that more continuity. So I'm going to go with the upset for that for COVID reasons. Now, I do have Georgetown beating Florida State. I I, I got, you know, the Hoyas doing that. They're going to be matched up with Michigan. Texas and Alabama got the same on that one. I think, you know, it's pretty hard for those teams to lose. I feel like in the brackets that they got, Baylor and Villanova, the, you know, Villanova over Purdue. I like that matchup. I have to go Arkansas over Texas Tech. You know, Arkansas, the, the, the way that they just went on their run in the SEC, if it wasn't for Alabama, you know, this team would have won the SEC championship, in my opinion. So I, I got to go with Arkansas against Ohio State. 
I got Illinois and Oklahoma State matched up, and then Syracuse over West Virginia. So it'll be Syracuse and Houston in the last week's 16 matchup. I uh, I believe in the Qs for some for some reason in me. Something's just telling me that you know they belong in the Sweet 16. They're gonna make it. So I don't know what it is with Jim Beheim, but uh, I'm, I'm a believer this year. <laughs> I understand that. I also understand the Georgetown over Florida State. That like I feel like that would be another close game. That mm-hmm. I, I had to, I had to think that Florida State would be able to edge them out. But I would not be surprised if Georgetown at the 12 seed be able to get through against the Sweet 16. That was one of you know, my four five. It's like, and you know, obviously. The NCAA tournament, there's a lot goes on with momentum. And I just feel like the momentum that Georgetown has kind of reminds me of the way UConn went through the Big East. They won the championship with Kimball Walker, and they went and they won the championship. Now, I don't think Georgetown's going to win the championship because they don't have a Kimball Walker. But at the same time, I feel like they can make a run. That's that, that's where my confidence lies in. <laughs> I see that's, that's that's a good that's a good sweet sixteen. We're not that far off. Um, just just like maybe two yeah. teams throughout the sweet sixteen. I feel like, you know, we're each going to just have, you know, our, our own little upsets that, that come right. So, we're going to get the perfect bracket, but we're going to get damn close. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we, so, what are we doing now? Are we going straight through to the Elite Eight, or are we going to go the Elite Eight? What you got? What you got? All right. So, I have Gonzaga beating Virginia. That's probably going to be the biggest Sweet 16 game to watch. If Gonzaga is going to be able to complete this sweep, can they beat the defending national champs in Virginia? I think they will. I think they will by this point. I think they'll be ready for it. Uh, okay. Have Kansas over Iowa. I, I think Kansas can, can squeeze past them uh, in that Sweet 16 matchup. I got Michigan State beating Florida State to get to the Elite Eight. But I'm going with Shaka Smart in Texas over Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm experience. I'm going with Shaka Smart. Okay, he did God, Shaka. I, I think I think Texas is at a good spot. I think they could beat Alabama in Sweet 16. Uh, okay. Villanova. That's another. That's another one. Can Can Baylor take down a former champion in Villanova? I think they will. I think Ohio State beats Texas Tech. Oh, and that 2-6. And then I think the magic continues. Loyola, Chicago, over. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sticking with them. I'm sticking with them. And I'm sticking with San Diego State over Houston. No way. <laughs> That's what they did crazy. They always won. And I'm going on the Midwest to really shake things up. So I, I think San Diego State beats Houston. I think Loyola Chicago beats Oklahoma State. And then, so I think that's that's a mile lead eight, and I, I think that's how that's how I go with it. Okay, all right. Okay, so big Loyola Chicago over here. All right. I'm going with experience. <laughs> I, I really think they can put it together. I, I think they can put it, they got together they got together late. They were they they were able to manage to win the regular season in the Missouri Valley. They won the conference. They beat Drake. Everyone thought Drake was going to be the big team this season, but they got injuries laid down the stretch. Now I think this is where experience comes in. Fully old Chicago. I, I, I think probably can lead to the lead, lead them down the stretch. Jeez, well, hey, all I know is if your prediction comes true at Loyola, my whole bracket fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the bottom part. <laughs> what you got? Jeez, so you know, I got uh, you know, I got the Zags over Virginia. I think with with Iowa, I have them over USC because you know. 
Luke Garz is that guy, and I feel like he can, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to him to not only kind of cement himself in Iowa history, but, you know, also kind of uh, increase his draft stock, you know. Last time going out, and I think he'll want to go out swinging. So I, I think it'll be hard to take down Iowa. But I have Iowa over USC. The run stops for Georgetown with Michigan. I don't know. Sorry, Georgetown, but Michigan's going to go. And Alabama, Alabama over Texas, you know. Alabama's defense, I feel like when they're playing good defense, they're almost unbeatable just because of the way the offense is set up and them being able to just get quick buckets. So I'm going with Alabama, the Crimson Tide. They're going to be really good in football and basketball. And then uh, I got Baylor beating Villanova. And they're going to get over that hump. I think Arkansas beats Ohio State. I'm going to go with the three over the two on this one. Um, just, just because, you know, I think that the way Arkansas, you know, just like I said, that momentum that they've had, that back stretch of the season, even though they did lose to LSU in the SEC semifinals, I just think they just got it. And um, this is where Cade Cunningham comes in. He's going to upset number one Illinois. I don't see them getting past the Sweet 16. And then um, Houston over Syracuse. I don't think their run lasts much longer than that either. So, so it's yeah, I don't have anything lower than a, a four seed going to the Elite Eight. It's it's a. It's a well, like we, we both like saw Illinois not making it out of the Midwest. Yeah, for sure. For sure, they don't. Because you know, one of the things that I thought about was you know they had a really big lead over Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. And they let that lead just dwindle down in the, in the second half. And they had to go into overtime in order to win that game. And it's kudos to them for being able to do that. But at the same time, you can't do that in tournament time. You can't just, you know, have that lead and then put more pressure on yourself when they come back and they make it a game. Like You just got to put those things away. I don't think they did that. So I think the tournament, if they have a game that's close, um, I'm just not seeing them them turn it out in the second half like that. So I got Cade, Cade, Cade Magic. <laughs> All right, so on your final four, what's it looking like? <laughs> All right, I got Gonzaga going out of the West. They're, they're the first team in. I think whether – you know, you made a good point. I don't really want to change my mind over between Kansas and Iowa in that Sweet 16. But I feel like whoever Gonzaga <laughs> does face – I think Gonzaga will come out and get to the final four. So they're they're my first team. Second team is Michigan. Okay. I think Michigan uh, will be able to beat Texas, who I have in the Elite Eight. I think they'll be able to get in. Baylor over Ohio State. So I have three number one seeds in Gonzaga, Michigan, and Baylor getting in. But Sister Garrett is taking them back to the final four. I have Ohio State. I'm going over experience. Always won. And this year, I think it's Loyola Chicago, okay? Even though they got the Missouri Valley Conference, think about this. They only at, they only gave up 55 points per game, okay? Either they're playing low-scoring games in the Valley or they're playing good defense. So, like, I want to see how they do when they face a team that's going to average, like, close to 70 points. And I think defensively, they might be able to stop some guys. So... I'm, I'm not. I'm going to go with Porter Mother. I'm going to go with Loyola to get them back again. And I think so. That, there's always that one that's unexpected, and no. And we both agreed that Illinois was not going to make it out of that out of that Midwest division in that bracket. So it's got to be somebody. So I know you. It's got to be somebody. I have Syracuse. I have Loyola Chicago. They're going to be the outlier in, in my final four. So it's all three number ones. And then like all of Chicago coming out uh, and that's the fourth team. Ooh, hey, look, look, you're you're making uh this is this is a big statement you're making, you know. I, 
Hey, you know what? I, I might have to change up that Loyola and, and, and Georgia Tech. I might have to change that first round matchup. Right. Why are you talking me into this? I might have to change it right quick. <laughs> I, I think they can do it. I, I think they can do it for sure. <laughs> All right. My, my final four, I, I got the Zags moving on, beating Iowa. I got Michigan heading in. I have Baylor in, beating Arkansas. And I have, you know, Oklahoma State in that final four. I love Cade Cunningham. I just think that I think he's the truth. I think he's going to be the number one pick. So I'm just like, well, man, you know, it's always those guys that usually try and have that run, you know, and uh, I, I got to go with it. I got to go with Cade. So it's going to be a big 12 reunion with Baylor and Oklahoma State. It'd be, uh, what would it be? It would be round four. So, so that would be a uh, good, good matchup. Here's, here's the thing I think about guys that are going to be number one picks in the NBA draft that play in the NCAA tournament. They never get that far. Unless you're Anthony Davis with Kentucky his freshman year. They never, you look at Zion and Davis, they didn't get to the Final Four. Him and RJ Barrett didn't get there. As electrifying as John Morant was at Murray State, we knew that they were only going to win like one one game, I mean, or maybe two, and not get and Mark and there were Mercy wasn't gonna get that far into in the tournament. So like <laughs> that same thing with Kay Cunningham and Oklahoma State, and I think he's gonna give it his all and will prove that he should be number one draft pick. I I just don't know if he'll, he'll be able to get by the end into the final four. I just think he got something to prove. It's just you know I I, I just got a feeling that uh. Yeah, like because you know the way that I've kind of seen all season is to me Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan are the outright like three best teams, and I kind of think it's just you know everybody else. So I'll say I'll say Cade Cunningham gets the Cowboys over everybody else. That's. That's how I'm gonna go with it, you know. And it's all, you know, if maybe if Luke Garza didn't have to go up against Gonzaga before then, then maybe he can get into the Final Four. But because he does, I don't see it. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is the luck right. of the draw. I understand. You didn't get it. <laughs> so who you got in the chip? All right. So this is where the you know things gonna get pretty level-headed. You know, I got Gonzaga beating Michigan. I think Gonzaga beats them to get to the championship. I think the buck stops for Loyola Chicago in the final four. I, I, <laughs> I have Baylor beating Loyola Chicago to get to the championship. I think by that point, it's going to be tough for them to, to get past them. So I'm on Baylor. So it's Gonzaga Baylor in my national championship and jumping straight to the championship. I have Gonzaga. I have them going undefeated regular season postseason tournament. They win the entire thing. I don't know how close the final score is going to be, but I think it'll be an exciting game. And I think it'll finally be Gonzaga's moment to win to win a championship. And I, I think they'll be able to complete Yep, yeah, uh, I'm pretty there with you. Got the Zags going to the championship over Michigan, and I do have Baylor over Oklahoma State. The, the his run, his magical Cinderella dance run, it, it ends in the Final Four. I think Baylor and Gonzaga are clearly the best two teams. They kind of just showed that all season. I do have the Zags, you know, that they've been nipping at the championship for so long. I'm just like, this is the time. They have the, you know, the seniors. They have the freshmen and Jalen Suggs. They have the, um, you know, Drew Timmy, the sophomore. Like, they just have a good group of guys. And I think that they kind of proved that they can win a championship from the hard non-conference schedule that they had that they were able to just blow by for the most part. Exactly. And then their conference schedule, they just blasted everyone. You know, when you look at the betting lines, betting lines is, you know, okay, well, are they going to win by 20 plus? Like, it's crazy how wide the margin was with those teams. They pretty much did what they needed to do. So I, I do have the tags over Baylor and Chip. Exactly. Like, they beat Kansas 
first game of the season. They beat West Virginia. They beat Iowa. They beat Virginia. They faced them on the toughest team in all teams in all college basketball. Mm-hmm. Corey Kispert is gonna is gonna be able to lead them to it. You know, he's averaging almost almost twenty points a game. Like you said, Jalen Suggs, phenomenal talent, after 14 a game. I think that they have that team, the team mentality to be able to ball out. Because, you know, normally, like we've seen, some of those three, four-year teams don't go as far in the tournament, you know? So I think this this being the odd year as it is, I think this could be the year that Gonzaga is able to get to, is able to, get to the championship game and win a national championship. If Virginia can go from losing as number one seed to the 16th seed to win the championship the very next year, then Gonzaga can definitely get through. If North Carolina can lose, in the, and it's a heartbreaker every time I think about it, they can lose to Villanova in, in a game-winning <laughs> and bounce back the next year and win a championship, I think Gonzaga can finally get it done. So I, I think I got Gonzaga. And we both have the right decision with Gonzaga over Baylor. Yeah, and you know, like one of the crazy things is I actually saw Jalen Suggs play before. Really? So when he was a high school senior, I went to the um, – what was it? The uh, it was like the Under Armour like AAU tournament or whatever like that. So they had like, and he was on the team with what was his name Chet Holmgren, which is like uh, one of the yeah. So they were both on the same team. It was, it was the Minnesota uh, Grassroots, I think, is what they were called. But they, you know, I watched them play at the tournament. And I'm just thinking to myself, I was like, who are these guys? So I literally looked them up because I I didn't know at the time. But, you know, people were all around, and I mean, like, it was crazy. And so, and there was, like, a bunch of college coaches and even, um, um, what was his name, Roy Williams stopped by. Oh, okay. So I was just like, yeah, like, this is a big tournament. And it was in Atlanta, um, and, you know, so I looked it up, and I saw that he was a top prospect, not only in basketball, but also in football. And he was supposed to, you know, he was committed to, I think, Georgia Tech at the time. So I was thinking, okay, well, he's in Atlanta. He's committed to Georgia Tech. I was like, "Mm, I think he'll go football. And I didn't even know that he went the basketball route until I saw him playing against uh, Kansas early in the year. I was like, oh, man, I saw saw that guy. So it's just, you know, crazy how that seems. But, I mean, obviously in the tournament, he did really good. He, you know, able to shoot, get to the basket, you know, defend. So he kind of just had everything that you wanted. And the guard, so I'm not surprised how well he's doing. Well, it seems like we are pretty spot on. And like, we, even though we make multiple brackets, I, I think towards the end, we know yeah. we're going to be more than likely. I think, I think a lot of people <laughs> are going to have Gonzaga over Baylor in, in the championship. Well, like, we know who the best teams are. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, when it comes to. Um, we can transition to the NBA. What do you think about the NBA so far? Like to me, one of the craziest things is just the Nets and how they've kind of built this superstar team, adding in Blake Griffin with already you know James Harden and all them boys. Just what do you think of the NBA right now? You know, I think it's you watch the second half of the NBA. Your post All Star break, teams starting to figure things out. You got the playoffs starting here in about a month and a half, two months. I don't really see, you know, with Brooklyn, everyone's going to gawk over them because they have the superstar power. They have Blake Griffin. But the question is, can they deliver in the playoffs? And everyone's going to be like, oh, they should be able to easily get through the playoffs. And I, and I think they will. I don't I don't think Philadelphia is going to be much of a challenge against them. I think Milwaukee might be down to those six games if they need it in the conference finals uh, or even the conference semifinals. But other than that, I don't see anybody else in the East <laughs> that, can, that, can, that can touch Brooklyn. For real. Like, just... So, like, I'm seeing all these – I'm more excited in the Eastern Conference about these other teams, some of these bubble teams that we've seen struggle for years and years really actually make the playoffs. Like, people are big on the Knicks right now. 
Because I love yeah. Chris Randall. I love that group of guys that want to play in New York for for the Knicks. And because being a Laker fan, you know, I always thought Julius Randall was a great player. Uh, I he was one of the guys I also see saw him play in, in the AAU circuit when he was in mm-hmm. before he. I think before he went to went to college. So I always thought he was a great player. And I think the Knicks are, are an exciting team. I want to see the Hawks. I want to see Trey Young get a get a play. Yeah, I do want to see Trey Young. Uh, I love Lamelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Lamelo Ball is Rookie of the Year. Period. Yo. He, he I, I, I will say he, him and the Knicks are the biggest surprises this season so far. Because I ain't got a lot to you. I, you know, the Knicks. I always just felt that they, that they just weren't good. And and it's bad because it's like you want the Knicks to be good, but it's just like, dang, they just been losing for so long that you just kind of lose faith. And then with you know the Hornets and Lamelo. The way that they're playing with him and PJ Washington and Rozier and all those guys, I like it. Like I did not see that coming this season. And they're they're really hey look, Michael Jordan might have done something in the draft for the first time in his career <laughs> as an owner. <laughs> yeah, the middle ball is fantastic. I know everyone I think everyone thinks that the middle is supposed to be what Lonzo was, or Lonzo is supposed to be what the Melo was. They're both great. It just took Lonzo a couple more years to develop. Because he's playing well mm-hmm. around New Orleans. He's not scoring as much. Yeah, he is. Off of a career 17 assists in, in the loss to Portland. So, like, they see what he can do. Lamelo just crushing it out of the gate, and they finally put him in the starting rotation. And it helps that you give them, a, give them shooters like Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier mm-hmm. in his mind. And he, he fits so well within that offense. So, like, I'm more excited. On, on the top half of the East, it's Brooklyn – Mile, there's there's no one close to Brooklyn standard, and even in Brooklyn, I don't think Katie hasn't even played in a while. He's still- he hasn't he hasn't played in uh, a few months. I, so yeah, it's yeah. And yeah, they're still second in the East. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone everyone loves Philadelphia, and it's, they might fill in the playoffs. Like I, I, we see this every year when we see exciting teams in the regular season, but we know come playoff time they fold. So I'm not buying into the Bucks. Like, I'm not buying into the Bucks. Uh, if I did buy into the Bucks, I think once they get to Brooklyn, that's too much star power. So like, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought so. You know, when the season first started, I'm thinking, okay, like it's balanced in the East. It's balanced in the West. Like it's gonna be, you know, just a great season to see who wins the championship. Then the Nets get James Harden, and I'm just like, dang. Well, you know, they did trade a lot of their defense, so I think the, you know, to me, I was thinking, you know, 76ers still have a chance, and honestly, I think even the Celtics still have a chance, but. Now that they got Blake Griffin and they might even get Andre Drummond, I'm just like, it's just too much. And it's it's kind of just, you know, making this kind of like a, yeah, the East is a foregone conclusion. And now all like, you know, the what ifs are more in the West than the East. And it's sad because it's like, you know, I like the NBA better when it is more balanced. But at the same time, I mean, the Nets are doing what they got to do to win a championship. And people want to go to the best team that they think can win a championship. And right now, that's the Nets. So, you know, with Blake Griffin getting his contract bought out and going, signing there for the league minimum. And, you know, possibly Andre Drummond doing the same thing, which I hope not. But if it happens, then, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, K- KD is going to come back to a good situation still. And I think I'm wondering, like, does this ruin, I guess, KD's pursuit of trying to be the best player? Because it's like, well, how can you say you're the best player in the world, but you're winning with literally, like, the best team? It's just, it's hard to, to, I guess, get over that hump when your team is nearly unbeatable. Well, well, here's the thing, you know, Everyone wants to win championships, and you got you get to a point where some guys want to win championships with superstars. I mean, yeah, you can be you can win championships with an organization, or you can win with superstars. KD 
almost one with an organization in OKC. Almost, yeah. The stuff, you know, the year after Harden leaves and he tries it with Westbrook, it's not working out. He sees the, the Warriors winning, champ, winning a championship, and even they lost against LeBron in 2016. KD was pretty much like, I want to play with Superstar with Steph and Clay. It would be fun. And it was fun. They won two championships. Yeah, they did. Went to three straight finals. So, like, you know, KD, and so KD wants to do it in Brooklyn. So he joins. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he gets Kyrie to come over there. Like, all right, awesome, cool. And now you get James Harden, even better. You want to play? He wants to win a superstar. So I don't think it's a, a credit to his, a, a discredit to his legacy. I just think everyone likes to see teams win it the good old fashioned way when you build up dynasties and things like that. Well, you look at LeBron and the Lakers. They, he comes in that first year, he gets hurt. Now, B, he gets hurt. But it's not coming along as fast as he wanted, so you make the big trade. You bring in Anthony Davis, you bring in a superstar. Then you bring in other great talent around them, former champions like Danny Green to come in. And they're able to win it. They're able to win it last season, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the only difference, and I mean, you, you can say, that, okay, yeah, they're winning with three superstars with the Nets, and that's fine. But I just think that I, I feel like people will see it different with KD. I don't think it'll hurt his legacy because I think he'll still be, you know, one of the best players ever. It's just the fact of, like, yeah, like, but can you say definitively, like, you'd rather have – KD over LeBron, like I think that argument is kind of cemented now that LeBron will always be over KD in terms of if you're starting a franchise, who do you want, LeBron or KD? A lot of people are gonna choose LeBron, and I don't think KD is gonna be able to overcome that, no matter how many championships he's he wins, just because of just the way it's seen of how he won them. So KD, KD is one is gonna go down as one of the greatest scorers of all time. Um, that's probably without a doubt. You got to do the seven foot that can pull up from anywhere. He's a slim reaper for a reason. If, I, if you ask yeah. me, who do I want to get the ball to to take the final shot, to take the final shot, it's going to go with KD. But with LeBron, he's a better all around everything. You, you know, everything. he may not be the great, the greatest scorer, but you know, as far as mobility, being able to be a team player and a leader, bringing guys over to him to get guys to succeed. That's what he did with AD. That's why AD played and succeeded very well with the, in his role with the Lakers. As far from an organizational yeah. standpoint, yeah, I'm picking LeBron over KD because you can build a team around LeBron, not really the other way around with KD. That's why he has so many stars. But I, mm-hmm. I think it can work. Like, I, I think – Right now, it's it's the Lakers and the Nets in the championship. I don't care about <laughs> the Utah Jazz are right now. It's a great regular season team, and this year it's the Jazz. Kind of like the Hawks a few years ago when they had the 60-plus win season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where, who they have? Um, it was, it was uh, Jeff T. They had uh, Al Horford. Al Horford, yeah. Uh, Wasn't um what, what's our buddy's name? Uh, that could shoot the threes. What was it? Yeah. They had Joe Johnson out over there. They had like, they had a great squad of players, but when they and I think Josh Smith was on there too, right? Right, but when they faced LeBron, when they faced LeBron and the Cavs, there was no match. There was oh no, no match. So like Utah is an exciting regular season team. I give and I give a lot of credit to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, if, if we're going by who should be the MVP of the league this year, number one is LeBron James, and number two should honestly be Chris Paul. When you talk about value, valuable player, when you really think of most valuable player, Chris Paul came in, took this Suns team, took Devin Booker and DeAndre and all them under his wing, turned them into a number two seed in the West. That's like LeBron going from any organization and turning into a championship contender. Chris Paul, wherever he goes, he can be a great leader and valuable player that can that can get a team to the number two seed and play in the playoffs. And so, like, but I don't think they'll go deep in the playoffs. I think they still have some some things to worry about. I don't trust the Clippers. I don't. Uh, I know Kawhi, <laughs> but we've seen Paul George fold. 
And it's not, it's not, it's more for Paul George. Can he step up in big moments, which we saw last year? He couldn't. And that, that yeah. said the loss was heartbreaking. That was hard to watch. That was hard. It, it, man, I, I, I couldn't believe it because I'm just like, okay, they're up 3 1. Okay, they lose game five. Okay, they lose game six. There's no way they're losing game seven. And they lost game seven. I'm just like. What? <laughs> for a Clippers fan, it had to be heartbreaking. For a Lakers fan, I mean, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> trouble. So, like, I, so, like, so, yeah, I, that I have, I, I still think the Lakers are the front runners. No one, no one is stressing that AD is out right now. He needs to take as much time as he can to get healthy for the playoff. That's what we need him to be. Yeah. Okay. There's no need to be trying to rush them to come back for a regular season game when we know we're going to be a top three seed in the West, no matter where where the Lakers are. So, and it's all about getting the other guys up to speed. Montrezl Harrell is still balling out. Kyle Kuzma's had some great games. LeBron, it's so it's so it's like we've been like we've been used to seeing it so much with LeBron that when we, we like we see greatness and we're just like, oh, it's LeBron having another good night. He's, he's average. <laughs> Dude's averaging 25. <laughs> LeBron's averaging 25, 8, and 8, just coasting right now, okay? And when and, and yeah. 80 comes back. So, like, Look, like I honestly, yeah, I honestly, like, one of the things that's really, you know, got me with LeBron is the fact of how many games he's been playing. But he kind of has to because there's no AD. So it's kind of just like, well, what about resting? Like, you definitely have the shortest offseason you've ever had. And you're not really resting. You're actually playing the most minutes that you have in a while. So I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that he at least rests on the back stretch of the season. Because I don't feel like he can, you know, or at least let me not say I don't think he can. Because I think he can, but I don't think he should. You know, do what he's doing, especially hey, like uh, Mark Phillips said, he's thirty six. <laughs> he's thirty. Right, you know, you can only go so far. So, I, I, but I do like the Lakers as long as they have AD. Like, yeah, I think the Lakers are definitely the team to beat. Like they, you know? they went out and got all these players in the off season to help him. Montrezl mm-hmm. Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, being able to resign KCP. Yeah. You know, Cruz is doing his thing too. Cruz is doing his thing, thing as well. You know, I think you know once Marcus Aldridge is as healthy, I mean he's a little banged up right now. He should still be able to play some. I think they have a good squad. Once AD comes back, he'll take a load off a little bit. He'll relax. But just but you said it right there. He's going off of the shortest offseason in NBA history. He's averaging twenty five eight and eight, playing more, and averaging thirty four minutes a game. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, we've, we've been so used to it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just greatness, you know. People expect you to do these things. You've been doing it for so long. It's just like, well, the only thing that they wouldn't expect is if he didn't average 20 points a game, at least. Like, then they'll be like, oh, what's going on with LeBron? Like, it's hard to say he's slowing down when he's averaging that, especially when some people. Have never averaged that in their careers, and he's still averaging that with so many years under his belt. You know, I do like what you said about Chris Paul, and I think that's why he made the All Star team over Devin Booker. Even though I think people know that Devin Booker is the better player right now, like anyone, I think a lot of people would choose Devin Booker over CP3 right now. But at the same time, you know, everybody sees that okay, well, when CP3 got there, they became a champion contender. So it's kind of just like, okay, well, you have to give him that credit, even though, you know, you look at, you know, points-wise, he's not averaging more than Devin Booker. People don't see him as the star of the franchise, but that's kind of just the way things have played out for him. And really, every team he's ever been on, you know, they every team he's ever been on, they go to the playoffs. So... Yeah. 
you know, he, he's kind of a franchise changer without having like the oh, we're t- I'm taking you to a championship type thing. But he'll definitely get you to the playoffs. Exactly. So I just think at this point, it still seems pretty clear it's going to be Lakers and Nets in the, in the championship right now. Uh, but I, I I enjoy just watching a lot of teams just be surprising teams this year, like we talked about with Phoenix. The Utah Jazz are a fun team to watch right now for sure. I like watching Zion and the Pelican play every night. I like watching Charlotte Hornets and Lamelo Ball. I, I want to see if the Knicks can make the playoffs just to have some progression, some progress with their franchise. So like, and that's kind of been the difference. We haven't seen. In years past, like, when everyone was like, okay, we know it's probably going to be Golden State and Cleveland again. Like, there's, there's no doubt it's going to be Steph Curry and LeBron, LeBron James. Everyone was kind of like, there was no other teams to look at to really, like, be bought into. But this year, there's so many good teams. And even the Timberwolves, even though they are, I think they're the worst team in the West. Anthony Anderson is an <laughs> exciting player to watch. Okay? Yeah. There's a reason why he's the number one pick. I don't think he's rookie of the year. I still think that Lamelo, but Anthony Edwards oh, is sure. an exciting, an exciting player to watch as well. Hey man, that dunk! You put that man on a poster, golly! Hey, that's an assault charge. That was, I'm uh, sorry. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that thing was crazy. I was like, bro, you do that in your rookie year? I'm scared to see what you'll do do years from now. Exactly. These kids, these kids, these nowadays, they are they're hey, man. picking up the game, jumping out of the gym, jumping out of gym and So I think the future of the NBA <laughs> is in is in good hands for sure. But they're, they're just not ready to be playoff be, be playoff contenders. I mean, there's some like the Hornets could be in the playoffs right now, but they won't go far. They'll probably be knocked out of the first round. So yeah, it should be a, it should be a fun. It's, it's just fun to watch. Hey, for sure, for sure. Well, all right, man, you know, we'll wrap this up. You know, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Oh, that's right. Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at the Wall Report. That's spelled W-A-U-G-H. That's my main, that's pretty much my main Twitter that I use, uh, that I have on social media. So I'm mainly on there. I'm still, you know, I'm doing games at Georgia Southern still. We just wrapped up baseball against UAB this past weekend. Uh, we have softball this upcoming weekend. I'm just mainly doing Georgia Southern stuff right now uh, to wrap up for baseball and softball. But I'm looking forward to watching March Madness. I'm looking forward to watching the, you know, how the rest of the NBA season unfolds, see what happens in the playoffs. But, um, but yeah, Twitter at The Law Report for sure. Also do another wrestling podcast. I do a wrestling podcast called Southern Smackdown uh, Podcast. You can find that on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. So, um, so yeah. All right, hey, cool. You know, everybody got to follow that man. If you commit to Georgia Southern, you go to Georgia Southern, hey, watch out for him. He's going to be on at the games. See him around. Yes, be on site. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Now, we'll have to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I'd love to come back on. Hell yeah. All right, bro. I'll catch you. Awesome.